Hi, and welcome back. I am your host for the River District Podcast, Vivica Gravel, Community Development Coordinator for the City of Owen Sound. And I am sitting down today with Zach Kijig of Nagan. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has been functioning out of the uh, farmer's market here in Owen Sound River District. And I am lucky enough to sit with him today to learn all things that he is working on. And if you've been following his social media or anything like that, man, you know, it's a lot. So uh, welcome. We've had, we've had a lot going on. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. So tell me, tell me everything. I want to know everything. It's so interesting. All of it. So it I is, get very it is. excited. It's been a long, it's been a long journey, but we're finally, we're finally starting to get there with the notoriety that we've been working on and starting to get a bit more, not just in own sound publicly, but uh, further on down in Toronto and stuff like that. We're starting to get a bit of notoriety, which is good. Yeah, you were mm. recently at a culinary exhibition of some sort with Russ, who was there recording it all. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah so no, I didn't yeah. know that. Yes, I, I was selected. I was lucky. Like, um, it's um, it, it's always promoted on social media, but I was lucky. I got selected one out of twelve out of Canada. Wow. Yes, and then we did uh, like our first round was I think I think it was in January. But it was just like um, over Skype or something like that. The first round, we were sent a bunch of ingredients and then we had to make a dish from that. And then the judges selected the qualifiers to move on to the final round. Okay. And then the final round was between four of us down in Toronto cooking at the Garland um, Culinary Show this year. Okay. And I ended up placing third out of 12 out of Canada. Wow. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. How long have you been cooking? So I started actually pretty young. I was uh, I was in high school. I was actually going to be a plumber beforehand. Like I was doing a co-op at the hospital. But uh, I, I started living on my own quite young and uh, I needed to work. So I actually got a job at a restaurant that was here a long time ago. It was called the, the Chaise Lounge. And I was about, many of us know this. Yes, I was about 16, 17 oh years my. old. I was just a young guy. And then uh, it turned into, I don't know, I fell in love with it sort of like uh, my family has always been cooking. So it was bound for one of us to become a chef, sort of like always going to family dinners and watching the women cook and stuff like that. So one of us were bound to do it. OK, so why don't you tell me a little bit about your family and how that has played and, and your history and all mm-hmm. of those kinds of things that have played into your culinary experience. Well, right now, so I'm Chef Zach We We're working out of the Own Sound Farmer's Market right now, and I specialize in a nine-course tasting menu of progressive Aboriginal cuisine. So we're showcasing food that's either sourced locally, we've gone out and we've forged it, or we're growing small herbs and flowers and stuff like that ourselves to showcase that in our tasting menu. And then recently, we've actually started making like wild drinks to pair with to pair with our tasting menu as well. So a few of the ones that we're doing is like a, a wild ginger beer. We're yeah, making stinging nettle beer. So we're doing things like that now, which is nice. Okay, so tell me then, what exactly is foraging? So foraging is going out and sort of picking wild herbs that are edible to incorporate into your food or uh, medicinal herbs. And I wanted to... I wanted that's part of indigenous heritage, but I also wanted to showcase it in our sort of culinary things we were doing now. And that's where sort of our progressive Aboriginal food came from. Like uh, when I first started doing tasting menus on my own, I didn't really know what my cuisine was. Um, It seemed like for a long time that I was just mimicking chef's dishes that I had worked for already. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? And then after a while, like I started going out foraging and and uh, shopping locally and 
I said to my kid's mother one day, I was like, oh, I think I might do Aboriginal food. And she's like, oh, you're already doing like a, a version of it. Like you're you're going on, you're foraging, you're getting back to the land, you're sourcing food from from local purveyors. And then that's sort of where it's it's transpired and then been able to been able to go to here now. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. No, that's incredible. So <clears throat> am I a forager if I go into my backyard and pick dandelions? Oh, of course. Like, uh, you <laughs> okay. Can, yeah, you can, forage, you can forage small things around your property. A lot of the things that... Like dandelions, you can make a dandelion tea. You make so much out of oh, dandelions. You make so much dandelion jelly. Like we'll 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 harvest the roots and we'll roast them because dandelion was used as like a, a coffee substitute. Okay. So you could roast. There's, wait, there's caffeine or something in it? Well, it's just that that bitter sort of flavor. Oh, okay. So you can. So it's not going to give me energy. No, no, no. no. But it, you Shoot. can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you can actually uh, just dig the ro- the root up and roast it, and then make like a, a coffee from it. And we'll make. Okay. We'll do that, and we'll make ice cream out of it. So we'll make like a dandy roasted dandelion root ice cream. Cool. And we do we do things like that. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm a forager. Woo-hoo. Yes. <laughs> Just make sure that you're not putting any sort of pesticides on. No. Yeah. Lawn. Make sure you're not doing that sort of stuff. Everybody always asks me, like, oh, how do you know? I'm like, I go to places that aren't like uh, when we forage, we, we do it in town, but we go to places where there's no pesticides. Sure. Or foraging in the bush and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Not right off the road on like a no, culvert or anything like that where there's salt. Well, and... it's, it's a funny story. Like when I was in culinary school, I met this man. It was my mom's neighbor. His name was, uh, his name was uh, Bill Proud. And he was, uh, he's like a local mushroom expert around here. He's always at the farmer's markets, foraging mushrooms and stuff like that. And he uh, he was bugging me for years to go out foraging with him. And at the time, I just thought he was like some kooky hippie, you know what I mean? Like um, some kooky hippie just going yeah. out and foraging uh, wild mushrooms. And uh, uh, when I traveled around a bit more in, um, to different restaurants, I saw that they were foraging like uh, wild herbs and wild mushrooms and stuff like that. So when I came back to Own Sound, I went straight back to him and I was like, oh, teach me your ways now sort of sensei and oh, that's ended, awesome. yeah, I ended up building a relationship with him and then learning how to forge and then it sort of built on uh built on after that that's so cool and one of the things that i just recently saw you were cooking with was milkweed yes milkweed pods i've been looking at them for a long time i knew that they were edible but i seen a spot like i go uh, i walk around with my kids all the time and uh i saw this spot that the milkweed was just starting to the buds were just starting to come in okay so the the young the young buds up at the top of the plant are actually edible. So you can forge them. You sort of blanch them in water until they turn bright green. And then you shock them in a bit of cold water. But then you can like tempura fry them and batter them and stuff like that. And they're, they're, still, they're so tasty. Like, so like a squash blossom. Uh, sort of. In terms of like the tempuraing yeah, and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. But it, it almost tastes like... Um, like a fried green pepper or like a jalapeno, like a fried jalapeno without okay. the heat. Yeah, it's quite nice. Weird. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's strange. So what <laughs> else might we have? Um, and just we'll go over it fairly quickly. But what else might we have just like in our own backyards, essentially? I mean, it's Grey Bruce everywhere is our backyard. And- oh, there's lots of wild edibles. Like there's um, a wood sorrel that grows in your backyard, your front lawn. There's dandelions. Like around the area, we'll go down to Harrison Park and we'll get uh, wild leeks, wild mushrooms. Okay. Wild ginger, watercress. There's there's so many different things uh, in different seasons in Old Sound here. Now, are there any specific books that you look to as a reference or an app or anything uh, like that where you're yeah, like, is this poisonous? Yeah, there's there's quite a bit of stuff. Like um, um, learning from Bill and then taking on my own initiative was a lot of research, like going out and finding these sort of plants, but then looking on the internet for a reference or looking into a book for a reference. There's 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 lots of books out there. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. Great. No, that's awesome. Um, because I know it's become very popular and I don't want to say trendy, 
But I want to say it's been more popular to, to learn about what grows locally and how to use it in food and all of those kinds of things. So looping back around to your nine course tasting menu, what is a nine course? Well, I mean, I know what nine courses is, but what is a tasting menu? Is it, It's clearly not just, you know, a steak on a plate with some potatoes. No, it's, it's a lot different than what you would get going to um, like a, a normal restaurant like um um, what what we get a chance to do is showcase a variety of different dishes and it really showcases my style uh, of food so we'll do sort of the first three course will be smaller courses that you'll get like maybe hand food and then we'll go into some knife and fork um, sort of dishes uh, we make a sorbet out of local berries around here that we might um, flavor with something called pineapple weed uh, we make ice cream that's been flavored with sweet grass we source locally and then we do a couple desserts so you get you get a variety of different sort of uh, dishes in the in the tasting menu but much smaller portions yeah, so not, that you're not you know exploding by yeah, the end it's of it yeah it's not it's not huge portions but it's enough yeah. that like well there's not courses of them of yeah course. but you don't feel you don't feel hungry going afterwards like i feel like yeah. that like i was worried about that when i would go to tasting menu dinners i was like oh like I'm gonna go. Like I'm gonna go. Have to go get a Big Mac after this. You know what I mean? Sure. But but no, it's 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 very fulfilling. Okay, yeah. but can I still get a Big Mac after? Oh, you, you definitely really can. Of course you can. Okay, okay, but as long as the permission yeah, is there, but course. you won't need it. No, you won't need it. That's for perfect, sure. Perfect. Perfect. That's awesome. So, you do other things, obviously, than just these Saturday evening mm-hmm. tasting menus. You've been getting a lot into bread. We have. Um, it's actually on our menu right now, but as I traveled around to different restaurants, I noticed that they all had like a signature sourdough bread that they would serve to customers. And I knew instantly that I wanted to try and um, indigenize it almost. So we make our we make our sourdough with uh, wild rice. It's got pumpkin seeds in it. It's got uh, sunflower seeds in it. It's got uh, golden flax. But then we source flour locally here as well, and we make that with our bread, which is nice. Okay, no, that's incredible. Um, it also sounds really, really healthy. <laughs> oh, it's it's quite good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's taken me forever to learn how to make it. When I first started doing it, I wasn't um, letting them proof long enough because you're not using any yeast in it, right? You're using like natural the yeast. The sourdough starter. Yeah, you're yeah. using like a natural fermented yeast. So and you have to like feed it and oh, stuff, yeah. and it's a whole thing. Oh, it was. If, if the pandemic taught us anything, it was that either you can make sourdough bread or you cannot. That is true. I see <laughs> it separated us. It separated yeah. the world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to those who can bake and yeah. those who cannot. Um, anyways, no, that's that's incredible to hear. And But how do I get it? If I want a loaf of bread, what do I do? So we're just about like every once in a while, I'll release sort of something on our social media uh, that you can reserve like a loaf of bread and let me know if you want one. Um, we're planning on in the winter time here, maybe closer to the fall when we've slowed down a bit, but to possibly get... Um, uh, booth at the farmer's market they've been bugging me to uh, get a booth there and start selling bread so i think we might we might venture into that on saturday mornings uh selling our sourdough and then we've been thinking about bottling our juices that we make in our tasting menu to sell at the market as well so you'll see like our ginger beer our stinging nettle beer you'll see maybe our uh, cedar tea you might see like a strawberry juice flavored with lavender like you know, all that sort of stuff seasonally might, yeah seasonally seasonally stuff, stuff. Yeah. no that's mm-hmm. awesome that's so great um so Speaking of, you know, seasonal and selling things at farmer's markets and stuff, just as we're, you know, getting to the end here, um, can you speak a little bit about the sustainability in foraging and what that looks like for the future of the culinary world? Well, I feel for me, and I know a lot of people are doing that now, is to source locally or grow your own food now. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I don't know if it's just like even through the pandemic, 
or on social media i seen people were going crazy because there was no food at walmart like yeah. i don't know if you saw that one. Oh yeah people were posting like shelves were empty but jim down the road has a, a vegetable farm or um, a meat farm like he's raising pigs sure. and he's begging for people like you and i or the community to go support him and buy food off of him you know what i mean and, absolutely but we're, we're we're worried that walmart doesn't have food like, right you know what i mean so we've we've taken it upon ourselves to really try and support local farmers and local producers and then go out and forge sustainability this is sustainable too like um when we do forging like you you, you can't just find a pack a patch of wild leeks and pick them all no because like, they won't grow back no exactly yeah like, i uh, i actually know things yeah, about leeks yeah, and that is well, it there you go, yeah <laughs> like, it's things like that so we'll we'll forge in a small bunch and leave some for next year for it to to regenerate and then we'll we'll be able to come back next year and the years after and pass down knowledge to, yeah. to youth as well. No, that's awesome. And I think it's so great that you're bringing your kids out with you and well, and passing along the... Well, it's, it's not even that now. Like, uh, I was a culinary coordinator for um, a non-for-profit. We've always wanted to continue on the educational piece. Mm-hmm. So besides Nagan, we're working on opening up like a culinary school as well. Like, oh, okay. We've been doing that um, recently where we've been taking schools out from Port Elgin, from Own Sound, to do forging tours and teach young youth about wild edibles and how to forge sustainably. And then we want to continue on that sort of educational piece as well. Okay, well, I want to learn how to forge yes. sustainably. Yeah. So maybe do one for adults too, yeah, because I that. will sign up. Everybody keeps bugging me about that. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will continue to yes. bug him for yes. everyone so that he will will do it because I will sign up and I'm sure a whole bunch of other people will as mm-hmm. well. Um, no, that's great. Is there, what what's the future for you? What are you looking at? Um, right now, we're going to continue on with the farmer's market. But like I just said, we're looking at trying to get some property out in Soggy and like possibly um, a little cabin or something like that where we can turn that into a restaurant and a culinary school Okay. where we can continue our restaurant stuff Friday, Saturday, and Sundays with the tasting menu. But during the week, have youth from what we're doing, like say Port Oregon School wants to come and do a teaching session. Of course. We're, we're building gardens. We're making bread. And then we're able to take our bread and stuff like that to markets during the week. So we, we have a bigger vision of what uh, what we want to do now. Well, I mean, we are happy to have you in the River District for as long as we can have you. And yes. um, I'm hoping that I can, you know, primarily just convince you to stay yeah. as long as you can because yeah. you're now part of the community, it of is, course. But uh, if people want to find you, how do they go about doing that? So we're social media driven. So we're on Facebook. It's uh, Chef Zach Kishig. Um, and then on Instagram, it's Chef Zach Kijik as well. And we release our booking dates on our social media as well. And then there's a link in sort of our bio to our our uh, webpage as well. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for coming in today. No, thank um, you. I've, it. I've learned a lot. And I'm sure the listeners and the people who are watching have learned a lot as well. Um, I'm Vivica. I'm the Community Development Coordinator for the City of Owen Sound, your host. And uh, I've just been sitting down with Zach. So thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.